Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. To Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. But this week with a slightly different oh, take. You know, we love, at this podcast, we love Ryan's. We love Ryan's we love probably Ryan. too much. I'm not sure exactly yeah. why we love Ryan so much, but we sure do. Yeah. And uh, and we never really wanted, thought to ourselves, what if we had, like, a guest Sometimes we have, like, when you're not there or I'm not there, we have, like, fill-ins. Right. But we never really have guests. Right. But I thought maybe we could get a Ryan. Yeah. To be, like, the, like, dear Hank and John and Ryan. Yeah. And I am Ryan not to be nervous about this, but yeah. <laughs> not to take the dad joke duties. But yeah. we are joined today by noted Canadian actor entrepreneur. I know this this sounds like a joke. And it sounds like we're making a joke. We're not making a joke. Uh <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is here. Oh, I had no idea this wasn't uh uh on video. I had my lips done. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll never get to you'll never you'll never get to see that. Yeah. Um Hi, hi, guys. Uh, Hello. I, I love that. Blake just, you, you said, I'll leave you in a second to your precious Anthropocene Reviewed podcast. I said, I'm not doing the Anthropocene Reviewed <laughs> podcast. They don't have guests. <laughs> they don't even make episodes of that anymore. No, it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. I know what that's like, though. I have the same relationship with Sarah, the media that uh, I listen to that Sarah engages with, where she's like, I, yeah, whatever, John, just... You yes. just go in the corner. <laughs> Last night, Catherine said to me, why are you going to be on Ryan Reynolds' podcast? <laughs> and, and I was like, I have amazing news. <laughs> so we're so pleased to be joined by our special guest, Ryan Reynolds. And I wanted to begin, Ryan, if I could, by asking you a question from a listener called Cassie, who writes, Dear John and Hank, at any given time, when I look up at the sky... How much of the sky am I actually seeing? Like, from my vantage point, it looks like almost exactly half, but that can't be mm. right, can it? Keep it classy, Cassie. Wow. wow. That's a very, actually, that's a remarkably thoughtful question. 
Yeah. I mean, the bad news for Ryan is that I know the answer. And so uh, if he gets it wrong, I'm going to have to tell him. Uh, <laughs> Did you know you were coming on a quiz show? Uh, I, I don't even know. How, how do you measure sky? Yeah. Like, like it's not it's not hectares, right? It's what is it? Yeah. What is what is the sky, Hank? I don't even really know. Like, and right. where, we've talked before about where does the sky start? What unit of measurement? would you use well yes it's it's got to be mathematical right because there is you are right that it's not an area because of how mm. uh it is not does not have a plane to it so it kind of in and in the nighttime it extends out you know roughly 13.7 billion light years so yeah that's a problem for it's us big um, there's a lot of sky at night there, yeah so so the thing you would be measuring is angles mm. so like is it 180 degrees oh, oh. Like it's or is a, it oh, less than whoa, or whoa, more whoa. than you're 190 rest, degrees? You're going to rest on your angles, laurels. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're telling me that the Earth is round? Wait a second. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, but it, w- it wouldn't have to be to still measure at an angle. No, 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 man. I saw this I saw this YouTube video oh, that goodness. got into this in detail. I don't like this. I, uh, <laughs> this is terrible news oh, no. for me. Oh, no. Oh. Hey, how much of the sky can you see? Well, it depends on where you are. If if you are where I am, you can't see 180 degrees because there's mountains all around me. If there's oh, buildings okay. all around you, of course, you have a similar problem. But if you are on a fl- perfectly flat plane, like say you're in the ocean on a boat, you can yeah. see slightly more than 180 degrees because oh. the earth is round. The higher up you are, the the more you can see, the more sky there is. Oh. And then as you like take off in a in a space in a shuttle and go farther and farther away like if you're if you're in a rocket ship going away from earth yeah. that angle continues to decrease until eventually uh the sky is everything except for a tiny dot that is the earth so that's how that's how it works mm. whoa so lonely you yeah. just blew my mind a little bit really lonely yeah um why does the sky look different in certain places? Have you ever been like, you know, if you go to like um, yeah. Africa, mm. if you look at the sky, you're like, that's a different looking sky. That's the not the I grew same up with sky. in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I live in Montana. Everybody calls it the big sky state. And I'm like, well, technically it's the same size. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it does feel bigger. I I mean, is that just an optical illusion? Hank's version makes it makes a terrible license plate. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it does get me in trouble but, with the fellow the, Montanans. The, Technically, yeah. it's the same sky state. Is it a great license that. plate header? Yeah, that's what mine oh. says. I've I've yeah. gotten my sharpie out and fixed it. I'm that kind of terrible pedant. Um, yeah, and I just want everyone to know wanna, that. I don't want to be pedantic, but I'm pretty sure that's pronounced pedant. Pedant. <laughs> <laughs> so musical. Okay, John, John, and Ryan. I have another question. Great. This one comes from Daisy, mm. who asks, "Dear Hank and John, I think this is an important question. I just bought a cup of coffee, but I forgot to put milk and sugar in it. Mm. Is it socially acceptable to go back into the cafe ten minutes later to add milk and sugar? I hate black coffee. Please help me. Not a Buchanan Daisy. No, mm. I have this with bathrooms a lot. Oh, where I've purchased something recently from a restaurant or some I other. I was a customer. I was recently a customer, mm. and I'm coming." Yeah. Back for one reason, right? Because I have ulcerative colitis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, I got a special card. You need to let me do yeah. this. Yeah. I, 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 Which bathroom's the most sterile? Uh, I need to make, do a procedure in there that is gonna. Uh, I, I, I always think that, like Daisy, this is a good question. I, but I always think that, like, you gotta just drive it like you own it. Like you just gotta go yes. back and you just do. It. If you don't act like there's anything wrong, they won't either. 
Mm-hmm. Right. This is That's the con, con man 101 is what, yeah. what Ryan Reynolds is teaching. This, him. Is the, this is this is the short con. This mm-hmm. is an easy one. I mean, I was yeah. in the bathroom. It's like, I'm, hell yes, I'm using the bathroom. I'm a paying customer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And most m- most folks are conflict averse. You know, most people oh, don't yes. want don't <laughs> want to engage in conflict. Most people have not been trained in conflict resolution. So if you've got that under your belt, you, you kind of you're covered on both angles. Yeah. yeah. I think I think just go back and do it. Where do we get trained in conflict? resolution is that something that happens like in like year two of hollywood celebrity they're like hey so we got a course you need to take god wouldn't that be nice boy howdy um <laughs> I know, I, I, uh, yeah no i did study conflict resolution and it's helped i i, I know so i know some working actors who have obviously not had conflict resolution <laughs> no 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 yeah I, I i don't i feel like conflict resolution is like a a, a life hack yeah they should they should they should teach that in school because I, I i i took a, uh, like a workshop in it when i was in my late 20s and mm-hmm. man, I have used that every day of my life since. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. But it does speak to how profoundly conflict avoidant we are that we think to ourselves, oh, I really shouldn't go back to this cafe where I bought a cup of coffee 10 minutes ago because I am so worried about the potential conflict of, mm. you know, people thinking I'm pouring milk into coffee I didn't buy here. Yes. Yeah. And John, by the way, would never do that. You would never go back into a coffee no, place. No, because and, I'm no. so conflict avoidant, which is now I'm realizing that what I need is conflict resolution yeah. workshopping. Yeah. Yeah. Just go in there, mirror, empathize, and validate someone, and you'll make their day and yours. Okay, we're gonna now. We're now uh, we're gonna have to start charging for Ryan Reynolds. I was gonna say, I feel, like, I feel like I just got it. I feel like yeah. I, I feel like right. I don't need to go to the training now. I just yeah. mirror empathize and yeah. what's the last one? Validate, validate. validate yeah, it's uh, great. I'm telling you, it's a life hack. It's uh, it's been yeah, oof. very useful. Life just hack. thinking about this makes me nervous. Why? Not me. Oh, because I'm because uh, because I'm imagining a conflict that I might be in. Oh, <laughs> well, if you imagine a conflict, I can walk you through it. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world. You're gonna mirror empathize and validate. Someone. So like if, you know, if John says, hey, I, I'm re- really pissed off, like, you know, you, you came back into my coffee shop and you, you, mm-hmm. you went and you right. used the bathroom and you didn't flush the toilet and, you know, you're not even a <laughs> paying customer. You can be like, what? I, you can mirror that and say, yeah, I came in your, into your, uh, your, your coffee shop and I, mm-hmm. I did this thing. I'm very sad. And I imagine that that did not feel good for you. I mean, I imagine there's still, you know, a lot of people paying customers, people waiting here and stuff like that. And now the bathroom's not that. And then you've, and I can, I, you, that's when you say, I can imagine that would be, uh, uh, difficult for you, John. And I, and I, and, and, um, you know, so you're not really in, in a weird way. You're not like admitting you've done anything wrong. All you're doing is, is sharing their perspective, mirroring it back to them right. and validating that it's, it is viable. That it's right. a viable perspective. Real thing. That's it. Yeah. And then, and then you done you you really actually don't even have to be like I did something wrong or say something like that because you didn't necessarily your experience is yours and theirs is theirs. Right. Wow. wow. I, I didn't know Val- I was going to get conflict resolution therapy today, but I'm very grateful that I did. I, I didn't know we, you will cut that whole section out of this. I promise you. Oh, are you? No, we won't. <sighs> no, we won't even cut you telling us to cut it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best. I concept. love how you guys roll, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. I have a I have a Ryan specific question for you. This one comes from Hank, who asks, "What are you doing on our What are you doing on our podcast? How, well, why did you come on our podcast? Oh, it's so nice fans. of you, but it's uh, very surprising. Yeah, big fan of both of you, John. You were very kind to chat with me a couple years ago uh, on on a football matters. Great um, conversation, among, <laughs> among other things. Uh, uh, your dulcet voice just soothed me. You, yeah, this was this was before it became public knowledge that Ryan and his friend Rob have 
become the owners of Wrexham, a, a team that plays in yes. Wales in the fifth division of English soccer. And we talked we talked about the <laughs> perils and opportunities of loving wow. lower tier English football teams. Wow, that is that is a weird thing to have in common with a person, but love it for you both. But ev- everything John said resonated, and 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 everything, every piece of advice you gave me, I I, I feel like I put to good use. I'm gonna I'm gonna digitally uh, pat myself on the back here. I'm literally doing it. You can hear it. That <laughs> sounds um, great. Uh, I I took every piece of advice you gave me, and I and I and I think I put it to good use. I, I that that has been incredible. And then and then you know, and I, I'm a massive uh, Anthropocene fan. Uh, uh, I, I love the 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 um the Old Lang Syne episode that uh, Hank. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, of course. The Old Lang Syne. Yes. Uh, that one I, I gotta say for like just pound for pound. I think it's a 24 minutes long. It's probably the most emotional podcast i've ever heard i think i've sent it to everyone basically any uh any hot shot actor i've ever worked with <laughs> has listened to that oh well thank you for doing cool. that that's very kind of you it just kind of yeah that one just just gets me and then hank a big huge fan of everything you do in 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 for to promote and 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 genuinely care for science i i uh yeah. I have to say, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge fan. I know that this took a much more serious tone than you were thinking. I was just going to crap all over you both, but that's just not going to happen. That'll I'll wait till we stop recording. Great, uh, and so so I, I'm a huge fan of both you guys. And then I often like I'll just find myself, you know, on a walk. Like I'll walk the kids to school, and I'll be on the way back, and I'll be listening to one of you guys doing something. And I, I often think to myself, like, how do they come up with the uh, billing order here? Like is it Hank and John, John and Hank. Like if they added a rooster, it could be John Hancock. <laughs> Which would be a good name for a show. Um, you know, that's like, a great how does idea. that go down? Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you're stuck with a rooster. You know? Well, I mean, they only live so long. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably a method actor and he'll never <laughs> yeah. get out of character. No, and, for yeah. sure, 100%. It will be just a regular yeah. dude. He's constantly yeah. trying to uh, act like a rooster. Yeah. I, it is a source of considerable consternation the question of is it Hank and John or John and Hank? I think that Hank and I have somewhat different worldviews on the topic. Look, I think Hank and John just sounds better. Mm. And it's alphabetical. I think that's an argument in favor of it. I yeah. was born first. So I, I tend to think of, I tend to, th- I have to confess, think of it as, as John and Hank. But to, to mirror, <laughs> empathize, and validate, mm, um, well I'm hearing that, Hank, you feel like Hank and John sounds better. Yeah. And I can absolutely understand why that would make you feel more comfortable. Uh-huh. And I understand why, from your perspective, yeah. that is important. It was textbook, John. Thank you. Textbook. Thank you. No, I mean, you, you. Yeah, we like to. Yummy and freak out there jumping for joy right now. That was really amazing. You've really. You've really changed my life. I wow. This is it moving forward. This is my only strategy. Right. I I, I think I got it. May this feed and nurture all your relationships. There you go. Uh, wow. There you uh, go. Hank and John sounds better. I gotta say. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't mean to uh, pick a lane here. But Conflict but resolved. John Hank is like more work. <laughs> More work for me yeah. personally. Yeah. Uh, I hear it. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't suggest preference in any way, sure. shape, or form. But but Hank and John just just sort of rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. Well, now we have we have what we have one additional vote. There are only three of us, so I guess we know 
That is also really rolls off the tongue. So does John Hancock. (laughs) And it's not hard to get a rooster in Montana. No. They're available. I have a rooster. I'm wearing one right now. I've already got got one. And I can't believe that I failed to name the rooster John Hancock. What a massive mistake. Yeah, fail. Huge fail. Oh, but no, the kids have already named the rooster. So there's no going back from it. <sighs> do you actually though. do you actually have a rooster? He does. Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I have chickens, but I don't have a rooster. I, 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 why would you do that to yourself? This isn't just if like you get to a certain level. You're supposed to, if you have a certain number of chickens, you're supposed to have one rooster. I don't know why, but you're that's uh, that's the what rules. My parents it's said chicken rules. So yeah. yeah, some sort of poultry yeah. sexism is yeah. going to come into play there. I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how it works. No. Uh, th- I shouldn't say that they're really my chickens when they live with my parents. Oh, uh, I was wondering. Oh, I was like, yeah. you don't have chickens? No. Yeah. Well, but, you I mean, get, they are next door. Join join ownership. Yeah. I, I I look at the chickens all day. A lot. Long. Yeah, your kids take care of the chickens. They're kind yeah, of I can chicken. I can yeah. see them from where I'm speaking to you. Chickens are good <laughs> for kids though, because it gives I like the yeah. responsibility. Yes. Like, they are, they're yeah. they're more work than you'd think. Chickens. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they're yeah. great. I think they're they great for kids, and they're not inside which is really nice for me. (laughs) They can be. We had them inside for a while, though, when they were babies. Oh, yeah. And that was just disgusting. I mean, (laughs) good God. Well, some people put their chickens in diapers and have inside chickens, but that's never going to be us. Wow, because they're crap factories. I mean, they're literally like... They they just never stop pooping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, a lot of my time is spent Uh. in... Very close proximity with chicken poop wearing an, an N95 mask. Yeah, right. That's I want an N100 where there's just no air at all and I just asphyxiate. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you gotta make one of those. If you're near chicken poop, yeah. for sure. <laughs> So here's a, a weird thing about um, what it's like to be you. Mm. I, I went through the Dear Hank and John questions inbox, which has existed since, I think, 2016. Mm. And I just searched for your name. And we had about 20 questions that referenced you specifically. So in inside of this little episode of Dear Hank and John, uh, I'm going to sprinkle a few of those. And here's the first one. It is from Abby who says, Dear Hank and John, and I had no idea that Ryan Reynolds was going to be listening to this question, so keep that in mind. Mm. I know the difference between Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling, but every time I try to picture one of them in my head, I just, like, I see their faces blurred together into a hybrid Ryan, possibly named Ryan Gosnolds. Is there a solution to this problem, Abby? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Years ago, I used to I used to play fast and loose a little bit more on, on Twitter these days. I'm, I'm a little, little bit more. Yeah reserved yeah, but I, I remember this that. a question like this came up it said i can't tell the difference between ryan reynolds and ryan gosling and i answered the question i, I said that i said i would never do this Ooh. today but i answered the question i said well the difference is easy to spot ryan gosling has blonde hair and ryan reynolds is a <laughs> <laughs> oh good and um, oh, good. we get a bleep yeah. for the episode uh yeah, don't don't worry about that what that word was everyone no, yeah we'll be fine I, I have always remembered it this way. Ryan Reynolds is a Canadian, and Ryan Gosling is a very small goose. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Nailed it. 
Nailed it. I I don't have a hard time with this because I closed my eyes and I picture Ryan Reynolds starring in The Notebook and it all, I'm like, nah, that that wouldn't happen. No way. No, no, that would have failed horrendously. Yeah, I guess that's a, it is a different vibe, huh? Yeah. Well, you would have brought a very different energy. It would have, I don't know if it would have been a better film or a worse film, but it would have been a different film. It would have been worse, I promise you. It would have been unwatchable. It would have, they would the theater theaters would have just said how many walkouts today 100 <laughs> percent. well it would have it, it would have been funnier um, i mean yeah. well yeah, hey. you just bring a different energy to it yeah. D- yeah did you start your career on disney's uh the mickey mouse club or was that ryan gosling it was ryan gosling you were suffering from the same issue that abby wow. had <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that was me at all. Although I did, I did start like Ryan Gosling. I did start at a very young age. I did I didn't do anything as sort of notable as uh, the Mickey Mouse Club. I did a, a, a like a bad sort of uh, 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 soap opera for teens called Fifteen for Nickelodeon. And I remember they paid oh. me two hundred fifty bucks a week, and I was like, I thought I was the richest man on earth because I had I also had a paper route which I wasn't allowed to um, quit, uh, and this paid like. T- three times what my paper route paid. Whoa. It was yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah. and and also, uh, you know, a little little less physical activity. Um, but also, in addition to that, you I now think you're very old. Mm-hmm. I am. I, I just, uh, now I think you're 85 years old. Yeah. yeah. Nope. When did paper route stop? When did you have a paper route? In, in 1961? Is that still a thing in Canada? Uh, I had a paper route in, uh, it would have been 1990. Oh my God. I would guess. Okay. I was born in 1976. I am currently 45 years old. I feel like I'm having a moment right now where... I'm Bella, and I'm saying to Edward Cullen, how old are you? And Edward Cullen's like, I'm 16. And I'm like, how long have you been 16? And then Edward Cullen's like, a while. Oh, God. Did you just throw down a Twilight reference? Good Lord, John. Yeah, no, I have the I have I have the whole movie memorized. Any, wow. You need any Twilight quotes? I'm your man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for telling me uh, all of us about Fifteen. By the way, I'm excited to to look it up. I'm excited to go watch some Fifteen clips yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> You're so so welcome. Yeah, it was uh, it was very yeah it was good times. So I that was a that was to me that was a big big job. I was a, yeah I was, a, I was I I'd made it and then only to like a year later basically you know quit acting altogether and um you know try to finish high school and and I ended up working as a busboy and working at a grocery store called oh, Safeway yeah. and yeah, and, and those are the jobs that I think I, I look back at as, as probably one of the most fun jobs I ever had was working at Safeway. Oh, that is not how I feel about my time at Walmart. No? You worked at Walmart? Yeah. Also not how I feel about my time at Steak and Shake. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Steak and a shake? Yeah. Did they make steak shakes? No, no. And they don't actually make steaks either. No, they just make they, hamburgers. Yeah. It's a little yeah. misleading. <laughs> that, I never but thought about it, that. It, it, oh. it was a great place to, uh, I worked the graveyard shift and so I got a lot of good stories out of it. Yeah. It's just, it was, it was hard. It's hard work. Hard work. Yeah. Who yes. do you get, who do you usually, like when, pe- do people ever walk up to you, Ryan, and say something because they recognize you, but they recognize you as the wrong person? Oh, I mean, yeah, I get this. Or do, or do they always recognize you as you? No, there, there's a there's a pizza place in the East Village in New York that that I've been going to for years that they 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 believe I'm Ben Affleck and I've never corrected them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, yeah, I have a few things like that. Years. Yeah. If you don't do a good job of correcting people immediately, it becomes a situation where you can never correct. Them. Oh, you can't do it after that. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of like, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like it would be it would not go over well if I, you know, revealed. Well, and that's yeah, they've been telling their friends for so long that Ben Affleck comes in all the time and now yeah. they're going to have to like, like issue a correction. Yeah, that's no good. And I and yeah. I don't I don't I, I also don't I also don't accept anything like they're not giving me free pizza based on this factor. And I. I yeah, you do everything normal like everybody else. They just think I'm Ben Affleck, and you know they'll ask how J Lo is. Great, like, hey, <laughs> pizza, and I'll, off I go. That's where all of the Us Weekly news comes from. Yeah, there, yeah, you're just you're, you're just the main, uh, you're the main source for Ben Affleck related. Yeah, Us Weekly news incorrectly leaking information. Yeah. Uh, but I, what yeah. I think what, what I think makes it so believable with them is that I look mildly sort of put out by oh, sure, the fact sure. that they're asking yeah. me again like about my life and mm. the movies and all, I sort of look like yeah they're, they're like I, I don't get it when they when I leave they, I think they sort of think I don't think Ben Affleck's amused by us <laughs> and our questions <laughs> now you're stuff. ruining Ben Affleck's like, reputation yeah I gotta be more chipper That's yeah chipper. Note, yeah, get, yeah you've got somebody else on the line here you yeah. gotta watch out I, yeah exactly I gotta take care of Ben Okay, I, I've got a I've got an acting question oh. that is mm. for I think all of us because as I don't know if y'all know this, but I <laughs> I am also an actor um, because I had a cameo in The Fault in Our Stars mm-hmm. that was cut from the film due to <laughs> performance issues. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I've, I've, is, I've seen it. It's in the deleted scenes. It's, yeah. it's not good. I understand why they cut it. Yeah. Love you, John. You could fill a, a thousand gymnasiums with with writers who've been cut from movies. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, oh yeah. Oh, just we're, as a rule, we're so bad. Yeah. Anyway, so this question is yeah. from Bergen, who writes, Dear John and Hank and Ryan, yesterday I had an audition, and although I had prepared in advance, when I got there, I realized that I really wasn't prepared, and I completely forgot everything I knew, and I seriously bombed the audition, and today I am overwhelmed with mortification and can't stop thinking through everything I should have done better. Mostly, I feel as though I made a humiliating first impression on people whose opinions really matter to me. Any advice on how to forgive myself for this screw-up and move forward? Doesn't rhyme with sturgeon. Bird. Bergen. 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 I did it right. Bergen. I did it right the first time. Bergen. Oh man. I mean, auditions are horrible. Yeah. Auditions are terrible places. Cause like, it's just straight up evaluation. It's mm-hmm. not even observation. It's just right. evaluation. Like and anytime you're being evaluated by somebody, it's, oh, it's an act of hostility. So I, I, I yeah, I, I feel for you, Bergen. I understand that. And that's, I, I couldn't tell you, I, I, 80% of the auditions I ever did, I bombed. And the other 19% were awful. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I, 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 it's just, that's just the nature of the beast. You just, you got to get comfortable. I would, I would say get comfortable with rejection mm-hmm. with lots and lots of rejection. I always wonder like, you know, like lately there's been a lot of talk. I mean, at least I've seen, been exposed to a lot of talk because I guess my algorithms, but of like method actors. I always wonder like how do method, how do method actors audition? <laughs> what, did you read that same profile that I read? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. I did read that profile. Yeah. And, and I, and I did, and I've worked with some method actors and I do, I do, I do understand both sides of it. I mean, I understand that one's process is one's process, but the the, the issue I sometimes take with like, method acting is that like okay now your process has to be all of our process right like, right at lunch we're gonna be like 
I'm going to be like scooping out some Greek salad from the buffet table and you're still going to give me the hairy eyeball across the way because your character doesn't like my character. I mean, it's just right. It's just insane. <laughs> now I'm here. Yeah. You've brought me in. This is not this is not a, a, a choice that only affects you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would not have imagined that's that. The, oh, that's the thing I was trying to argue. But it's but I I I would imagine having failed spectacularly as an actor myself that it is really hard for some people to feel like they are inside of of the character and if they can't turn that off that must be difficult for them but you, you're absolutely right like it affects other people and that's that's what's so hard about the collaborative environment of making a play or a movie or whatever is that sure. it is mm. uh, unless you're making a one man show that you're also directing yeah it is an inherently collaborative process. Well, it's, yeah, it's also part yeah. of what's so wonderful about it. Not that I know. I've just wa- I've I've watched a lot of friends. A lot of my friends are in do like theater, and it's just so like the the opportunity to lean on each other. Yeah, is really is really great. But it does mean that you know everybody has to be there to lean on. The and and the thing that you that is brought up in this question that I think is really poignant is like you've identified what actually feels bad about this, which is that a lot of people who you respect, you are imagining that they are thinking less of you, mm. and. Uh, and that may be to some extent true, but probably it's it's much less true than it feels to you. Like probably everybody in that room has bombed an audition and and they've certainly right. seen mm-hmm. lots of people bomb auditions or or whether or not you actually bombed it, you know, perform less well than than they had anticipated they would. Yeah. And uh, so they are probably thinking about it a lot less than you are. Well, I, I've also spent a lot of time on the other side yeah. of that, yeah. you know, where, where I've heard movies I've produced and you're in these auditions. And, 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 and I can only speak to, to the experience that I've been with in the rooms that I've been in. But myself, the casting director, the director, any maybe there's additional producers or writers in the room as well. We're all like desperately rooting for these folks that are coming in and bearing their soul sure. and heart. And, yeah. and we, we all sort of understand how challenging it is. So, like, I mean, I know I work really hard to make sure that the person who's reading is extremely comfortable. Um, But I remember uh, lots of auditions where I I had an audition. One of the first ones I had was for a casting director and he never looked up. Like he never looked up at me. It was such an odd... um, Thing. And, and especially it, it goes full circle because uh, I guess about three months later, I got this pilot for a sitcom. I loved doing sitcoms. So one of the best jobs I ever had. Live audience, you know, lots of fun, lots of writing in the moment, which I always love. And and I remember we did this pilot and the pilot was was, was OK. And but, you know, I, I loved the role I had. I remember this same guy came up to me and said, I would love to have a meeting with wow. you at some point. And I said, wow. oh, no, we met. And he was like, we've never met. And I was like, no, we met on I met you on a project. It was called Enemies. And it was a, a sitcom. And, and I read for you. And, and I, I was three weeks ago. Look at your charter yeah. or whatever you had. I was there. And he didn't, you know, he didn't remember. And I remember that was just an ouch. That was, well, maybe he was oh. having a real bad. Now I'm being empathetic to the unempathetic guy. This is my problem. Yeah, he may have, I mean, yeah, he may have been going through. Everyone's got their own little bag rocks there, Karen. Okay. <laughs> which, yeah. which reminds yeah. me that this podcast is brought to you by Everybody's Little Bag of Rocks. Yep. Everybody's Little Bag of Rocks. <laughs> we all got them. <laughs> we got them and we don't know where they are and really? sometimes they just rub us yeah. and we didn't we didn't even know that they were yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. is not not comfortable. Wonderful sponsor. Great sponsor. Very appreciative for their yeah. support. Of course, today's podcast is also, also sponsored by Aviation Gin. Aviation oh, Gin. <laughs> my, uh, my number one source of gin. Oh. Are you looking for a, 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 a beautiful, smooth gin and an open checkbook 
well, hey, Aviation Gin is the, the sponsor of this podcast. That's for sure. This podcast is also brought to you by Ryan Gosling's Conflict Resolution Course. It's available on <laughs> its masterclass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, today's podcast is brought to you by Ben Affleck's favorite pizza joint. Ben Affleck's favorite pizza joint. Yeah, things are going great with J Lo. Thanks for asking. <laughs> my my when I when I first started out, we I was in an improv comedy group. We used to do um like fake pharmaceutical ads. <laughs> like great names, like you know, are you are you tired of feeling your life? Are you tired of blinking? Well, maybe, you know, it'll be like, Empervir is for you, you know? And then yeah. like the list of side effects were always so hard because they would speak so fast, but but I always loved that one mm. of the side effects would be clay colored stool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it has floating spontaneous death or clay colored stool. Um, yeah. And they always, they always try to end it on one that isn't death. Yeah. Which just I, throw I, death always, in the I always find that yeah. so funny in those ads where, where like they squeeze death in right in the middle as if it's sort of like, one of the yeah. less interesting things that can happen as a result of taking Cymbalta. Ooh. It causes explosive strength. Wait, what? Did you just say explosive strength? Oh. We have a Project for Awesome message also uh, from Maury uh, Hyattsville, in Hyattsville, Maryland. I'm not sure. To Greta and Toby. Uh, hey, look. You guys, your name is on a podcast. Hank and John, thank you for making a podcast that I can share with people in my life and generally just making the world a better place. Ryan, we have a Project for Awesome is a charity event and people can buy little sponsorships uh, oh. for donations. So thank you, Maury, for, thank for you, buying Maury. a sponsorship. Yeah. Right. What an episode you picked. The episode. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look. There are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com.
This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Chobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. Um, I want to ask you another uh, Ryan specific sure. question, if I might. Um, this one is, I think, A++ <laughs> solid gold. It's from Anonymous, who writes, Dear John and Hank, although not that anonymous, Dear John and Hank, I am faced with a conundrum. I have fallen in love with a really wonderful man, and we are engaged to be married. There is just one problem. Mm. His name is Ryan Reynolds. Oh, my God. Now, I don't <laughs> want to be mean to Ryan Reynolds, the famous movie actor, but my Ryan is the better Ryan. Oh, Anonymous, if only you'd know. Wow. My Ryan is the better Ryan. Regardless, I now have had a two-year lovely relationship in which I have had to explain, no, not that Ryan Reynolds, many, many times. And now I realize that I am signing up for a lifetime of it. I'm not going to let this hold me back from the marriage, but any advice on how to handle a lifetime of explaining that I am not married to a very famous Canadian would be welcome anonymous. Wow. I was so pleased when I came across this. I will say this, anonymous. Uh, I will say this, uh, you know, culture, uh, the cultural landscape moves fast, you know, so uh, I'm on a sabbatical right now. Like, I'm not shooting a movie for another year and a half. No one's going to know who the hell I am in in like an hour. So I I, I think you're also like, let's be grateful for a second here. Not because you're marrying a guy named Ryan Reynolds, but like, it could be so much worse. She could be marrying like a a guy named like Glenn Mussolini or, you know, Shirley Wayne Gacy or something, you know, like this would be horrible. And, you know, at least, uh, you know. Yeah. As far as we know, I'm not a murderer. That's that is very true. In my younger years, I knew in Chicago a guy named Lance Armstrong. And what a journey Mm. he's been on, because when I knew him, he was like, yes, it's it's me, Lance Armstrong, not the Tour de France champion. But now he's like, yes, it's me, Lance Armstrong, not the disgraced Tour de France champion. (laughs) Oh, no. But I I often think about this because I have such a common name and there are so many John Greens. And I I often feel like I'm inconveniencing some of them. And 
I do feel a little guilty about it. Like there's a John Green who's a wonderful author of graphic novels and comic books. Mm. And he had to change, he changed his author name to John Patrick Green recently and immediately hit the New York Times bestseller list. And I was like, oh, well now, now maybe I need to change my name in turn. John Copernicus <laughs> Green. You got to just bring it yeah. up. Just go for it. I do. Yeah. No, my parents, of course, gave me the middle name Michael as part of their efforts to make sure that I was as anonymous as possible. <laughs> this, you know, this kid loved privacy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you're like, no, I, I think instead I will become the most famous John Green. And yeah. Then, uh, yeah. How is, yeah. are there any other Hank Greens? Oh, yes. There are. Actually, I, because I read this question yesterday, I, I looked it up and there's a number of them. And also... This oh no this is actually what it was. The, I was uh, on Twitter and somebody tagged me. Uh, there there is a Hank Green who is the VP of Food and Beverages at AMC Theaters. Wow! And he's giving a talk soon, hmm. uh, and so that's why why I uh, wow why he came across my dashboard. Good for him. AMC yeah. Food and Beverages. Yeah, the movie chain. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I was talking to him today. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I that's why I wanted to come on the podcast trying to sell my products to AMC Theater. This was a work call. Yeah. I'm just, try, just trying to right. shore up that relationship with very, Hank Green, head of, head of food and yeah. beverage. This is a relationship business, guys. Have you heard any of the other Ryan Reynoldses? Have you ever come across another Ryan Reynolds? Uh, not too. I mean, I'm a Ryan Rodney yeah. Reynolds. Um, That's very rare. My middle name is 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 Rodney. Yeah, so definitely a guy who drives a panel van. Um, I've <laughs> met. I've never met a Ryan Reynolds, but there was. I knew that there's a Ryan Reynolds who was a big time uh, college football mm. player. I think he played oh. for the Sooners. Um, and he 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 played maybe ten years ago or so. He was really good. At, He's probably still really good, just not playing for the Sooners anymore. Um, so, but otherwise, no, I don't think I've ever met a Ryan Reynolds. Well, there mm. is one who is about to get married. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, this question was from a long time ago. So, uh, mm. so perhaps they perhaps they're happily married now. Well, I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. I did j- recently join LinkedIn, and uh, oh, there are quite a number of Ryan Reynolds on there as well. Wow. Also, my my social media handles are are Van City Reynolds, which is from Vancouver, because sure. all my names yeah. my name was taken on every platform, so I just went with Van. City. Yeah, I always for some reason I always thought that that was a. I have seen this handle, and I thought that that was some reference to a large city of vans, mm. like just out in the desert, just a bunch of vans hanging out, like a Pixar movie, yeah, like a, like a tent city, but it's yeah, yeah but, but vans. No, yeah, it's not like okay. a no Nomadland sequel. That eagerly anticipated Nomadland Van sequel. What yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, yeah. I, I I thought the cliffhanger ending was incredible. Right. I mean, I really I don't know yeah. which way they're going to go with it. I can't believe they said that whole movie was just an ad for part two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good movie though. It was a really good movie. I don't even I I don't I don't I don't usually like good movies, like no. properly good movies, but I really like that one. Yeah, I don't like to learn about anything and I felt like I learned watching that one. Yeah. <laughs> felt like I was a, a better person when the credits rolled. Yeah, a little more emotionally more emotionally engaged for sure. 100%. Yeah. Um totally. I have no idea what you guys are talking. You've never seen Nomadland. You've never seen it. Like it won like seventy three Oscars. Mm-hmm. 
Look, I don't watch. No, you you like me. You don't movies. watch. You don't watch a lot of good movies. If there isn't, if there isn't an MTV Movie Award Best Kiss in it, Hank has nothing to do with it. He doesn't even. Exact uh, correct. Yeah. There, there you, no. you've uncovered my secret. Yeah, this is this is how I make my decisions. It's, my, it's the most most prestigious award that I've I've ever received is is an MTV. That's as high as I've gotten so far. Yeah. Got that popcorn. Got that popcorn. Uh, I, well, I think I actually had to pay my own three hundred dollars to get to get the popcorn. Well, look, oh, you got the popcorn. Come on. Uh, yeah, you got, charge so, for that? I think well, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to be quoted on that because I might be wrong, but that's my memory. Mm-hmm. All right. We have another question from Kelsey who writes, Dear Ryan mm-hmm. and John and Hank, who decides which books become movies? Is there like somebody employed at every major film company whose only job is to read books and decide whether or not it should become <laughs> a movie? Books and blockbusters. <laughs> Kelsey. Oh, God. If only it were wow. that simple. You've you've asked the right group of people. Yeah. I'll say, um, boy, I, I do know that they must have the sickest of skin because like I, there, it's, it's not too often that, you know, present company excluded that, you know, you, that works out, right? Like, oh, no, you know, it almost ooh. never works out. Even present company in, included. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. What happens usually, Kelsey, is that a either a an actor or a producer, somebody who puts movies together usually options the rights to make a book into a movie and then with those rights either works with a movie studio or with a production Mm -hmm. company of some kind to try to get a script written and then they try to get a movie Mm -hmm. studio to green light the script perhaps already having found a director or some actors to to help package it together as a unit and then the movie gets made. So there are so many steps along the way, in my experience, yeah, anyway. Lots of people make decisions, and and like it's it's down to so many different people. Sometimes oh, yeah. even then it doesn't happen. I mean, I remember there yeah. was a book uh, by John Kennedy Toole called "A Confederacy of Dunces," and that was adapted six ways from Sunday. Every person was attached to it at different points. It all came yeah. together with directors and budgets and all that kind of stuff, and it would always fall apart. And I think it always fell apart because like the the principals involved would then read the book and go, "Oh, we can't do this." What are we, what are we, insane? <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah. This can't yeah. be a movie. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, that's a great example where I, I think like the first actor uh, associated with the Confederacy of Dunces project was Paul Newman, you know? like oh my, Was that true? I think so. And at some point, I know Will Ferrell was attached to it. At, Will Ferrell, Drew every, Barrymore was attached to it. <laughs> every, um, every comic actor of the last 50 years has been attached to it at some point. With John not, Candy was attached to it. Yeah. Oh, and he would have John been, Candy he would have been amazing. But again, it, it is yeah. unfilmable. So that, that I think that is yes. perhaps the underlying issue. It is unfilmable <laughs> and also problematic in, a cur- in their current. Like, I mean, it's just a hugely problematic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With my books, I mean, I've had usually when when something gets greenlit and when the studio starts to spend a bunch of money, it happens. But. Mm. My first novel, Looking for Alaska, was something like 20 or 25 days away from the start of production and was largely cast. And, you know, people had moved their families to the place where it was going to film. And then it got canceled at the very last second. And I think that happens. But what usually happens is that somebody options the book. They try really hard to get a good script and it just never works. Yeah. And that happens. That's, yeah. I mean, 95% at least of the stuff that gets optioned never gets made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also just so expensive. I mean, think about like how much it 
Like what represents success for a book a lot of times is if it reaches, say, 50,000 people, mm -hmm. that's a very successful book. But a, a film, even a small budget film, cannot reach 50,000 people and, and make money. No. Yeah, it is. A, there's a lot to consider. The scale of it's just very different. Yeah. All right, Hank, we should probably get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, which I, I'm not sure that, strictly speaking, Ryan needs to join us for. But I do, before we get to the news from AFC Wimbledon and before we say thank you and goodbye to Ryan, I do want to say that down there in the fifth tier of English football, where AFC Wimbledon <laughs> was not long ago, no, <laughs> uh, just just uh, just a decade ago, AFC Wimbledon was trying to get out of the National League, which is one of the hardest things to do in English football because there's only two promotion slots. Yes, and very tricky. It's, it's very tricky. And Wrexham, I believe, is currently in fifth. They've been working their way up. Uh, they had a rough start to the season, if I if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. Ryan. And they've been working their way up. So yeah, very correct. Yep. What's the what's the current Wrexham vibe and mood? Uh, I would say that the mood is it's, I, the mood is never going to be good enough until we're promoted. I think, yeah. but but overall, I think that this has been uh, embraced by the community. I think I think we've understood from the from the get go, and certainly from talking to you, John, it was one of the things we talked about. It was like really kind of making sure that this was a, a an in tandem project with both the club and the community mm -hmm. around it. So mm -hmm. it's been great. I mean, for us, it's been the one of the most satisfying wonderful things that i've ever been involved with and also the most excruciating yeah. you know fo football will will quite literally just chew and bowl, blow bubbles with your soul and it's a and it's a a, a a terrible feeling and that roller coaster ride is something that i i'm still struggling with like i actually struggle to watch the matches mm. Sometimes, oh, it's, uh, it's, because I just find it that yeah, physically painful. Yes, I'm, I, I'm physiologically inside out by the time it's done. Like my bones are hanging outside of my ears and head, and and, and my spine is somewhere across the room. It's just an awful experience. So yes, it's a, it's both a curse and it's a and it's the beautiful game. You know, you understand why it is that. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, I'm very very lucky to be involved with Rexon. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we, we will be yeah. watching Wrexham throughout the rest of the season and hoping that uh, promotion is on the cards for them. May I ask how Wimbledon's doing right now? How is Wimbledon? Well, I, you know, there that's a that's a storied project as well, which I, I yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Indeed. They they just won a football game, which is which is wonderful. Hey, yes, a big and and a big relief. I watched the game on my phone. We were playing Accrington Stanley, which is one of those. Play team names that just sounds absolutely made up. Yes, but we were playing Accrington, Accrington yeah. <laughs> Stanley away up there in the north of England, where the sky is very close to the ground, and I would say the wind was averaging about fifty-five miles per hour. The rain was lashing horizontally throughout the game, and from Whoa. the moment it started, I was like, "This has nil-nil written all over mm. it. We have no chance of winning this game." And then we did the most disastrous thing for us this season, which is that we scored. And and this season, when Wimbledon score first, they have lost almost every game. And when they when they give up the first goal, they are much more likely to win. Wow. And so the moment we scored, I was like, oh, this is a catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then we scored again. And I was like, I don't even know how this feels. We haven't had a two-goal lead all season. <laughs> and it felt great. It was extremely enjoyable. And then we ended up winning the game. So thank you to Luke McCormick and Ayubasal for giving me a wonderful, a wonderful week. And now we are way up in the 
We are way up in 17th place in oh. League One. Wow. Well out of the relegation zone for the moment, which is just awesome. League One. That's amazing, though. League One. I know. That's no joke. I know. We get there. I know. Yeah. Oh, we're it's on amazing. our way. The third tier, League One. I know. It's, I know. Been a, it's been a sharp learning curve for me. I, I, all of the lingo. Yeah. The fact it's that League One is the third tier could not be more confusing. Yes, that is true. <laughs> it's not even, that is true. not even the second <laughs> no. one. They don't make it easy. No, not at all. Hey, Hank, what's the news from Mars? Um, the news from Mars is I feel the same way about the James Webb Space Telescope as you guys do about football. And so I am... <laughs> Uh, my bones are on the outside of my body. The James Webb Space Telescope has met its rocket. They are friends now, and they now are they're going to hang out for a pretty long time until uh, they're in space. Um, so that's terrifying. And the, the launch is currently scheduled for the 22nd, and it's all I can think about. No offense, Mars, but I'm stuck on the James Webb Space Telescope frame. If you're wondering the sort of schedule of events, the launch is a, is a scary time, but it remains scary for about... About a month, but really like six months even. So two weeks is the scariest time, then a month, then six months. So if you get through two weeks, then that's amazing. That's the amount of time it takes for the space telescope to unfold into its like full configuration. If it is unable to do that for some reason, it will not work. Uh, and it has a lot of moving parts, but they've all been tested extensively. And then uh, a, a month is when it is in its stable orbit where it, get, it like arrives at the place where it's going to live for the whole of its mission. And then uh, and then six months is when it actually starts to take pictures of space. Okay. So there's a long period of time of like calibration after right. it sort of is like open and on and doing its work. But we get at what's called first light hmm. uh, in like uh, six months after launch. So wow. it's a long period of, uh, of sort of nerves, but the, the uh, first two weeks are the most nervous time. Well, I will, I should actually say that the, the launch is probably the most dangerous time, but um, yeah. so that's all I'm thinking about. I uh, love you, Mars. I'll be back soon. Yeah. I watched an 11 minute video about the, how the James Webb Space Telescope is going to launch and unfurl and everything. And my palms were drenched with sweat as it's I was watching scary. it and thinking yeah. about it. It's, it's a lot. It's just, it's so many years of the hard work of really smart, talented, dedicated people. And yeah. we just hope it goes well. John, Ryan, thank you for podcasting with me. Thank you to everybody who sent in your questions uh, to hankandjohn at gmail.com. You never know when an old one's going to get dug up. That's right. Because Ryan Reynolds is going to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, and Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. And it is, it's such a pleasure to be with you. Before we, before we go, I have to tell you, my kids made me promise that I would say that they love Free Guy. I love I love it too. Yes. Uh, I, I have to love it because I've seen it seven times. But they they really, really love it. You know how kids love to rewatch movies, and it is like their number one choice right oh. now. So thank you. Thank you for Free Guy. Henry and Alice, say hi. That, that means the world to me. Tell your kids that means the world to me. I will. Because I thank you, Henry and Alice. And, and I, that's, yeah, that, I, my blood, sweat, and tears went into that one. I, we, we worked really, really hard on that one. It was kind of an, an, uh, an, an antidote to the uh, insane four or five years that we had yeah. uh, in the last little while. And yeah, I thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Oh, it's a really fun movie. Thanks for making it. Guys, thank you for having me on. Um, also, hit me up anytime someone cancels last minute. <laughs> All right, we be, will. Because you know. you're free all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, I actually have that sort of thing with Fat and Jimmy Fallon, and I always oh, love yeah. it. Like, yeah. if someone does cancel, I'm like, I'll like, I live because I live in New York. Nice. I'll be right there. 
Oh yeah, that's, that's fun. fun. It, it makes it fun. Awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's probably good good advice for for Bergen, our auditioning friend. Uh, you know, to not think about it too much. Some when you show up out of nowhere and you just go and you, you know, and then you're awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And if you, yeah, you get, you have our contact info if you need us for anything. I don't know what you would need us for, but yeah, I mean, if you ever need somebody to get cut out of a movie, I'm your guy. Uh, I've, I've yeah. needed you in the past, so right, <laughs> done. We are off now to record our Patreon-only podcast this week and stuff, which you can find at Patreon.com/slash Dear Hank and John. That was super fun. That was fun. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Uh, Ryan's friend Sophia Travaglia helped a lot getting this all put together. So thanks to her. Thank you, Sophia. Uh, our editorial assistant is Devoki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown. Don't forget to be awesome. awesome.